I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings and welcome to Blizzard Watch. I wanted to say it differently this week because I usually say it too quietly. I'm Matthew Rossi, I'm your host, and with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts, and once I introduce them, I can stop talking like this. First up, she does pretty much everything on the site, Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been doing this week? I feel like I've just suddenly been plopped into the middle of Masterpiece Theater or something. I know, I felt very <laughs> Alistair Cook there. I, I just, just, I was very focused like on... NPR. I was very focused this week on not very doing NPR. the voice thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta not do that thing where I drop my voice. I you gotta not more. do it. Yeah, you need some more AMSR, like, talking directly into the microphone for the NPR thing, if you want to do the NPR thing. It's a little bit different. (laughs) So the thing is, I did radio in college, Uh but that was was DJing, so it was like 88.3 WQRI FM, The Rock of Bristol County. So it was very much talking (laughs) like that, which was just different. Yeah, Did you have the I, soundboard with the sound bites and stuff on it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we had like these, they, they were like CDs in these plastic trays that you could slide into the machine, like instead of like, because they had just upgraded from the old ones that were like carts that right. were like tapes. So we, we used to like, everything would be recorded on CD and including all these like Master Blaster Hour type stuff, you know, and you, you would put that in and play that over. Always you play it over the front of a song. Like they would tell you to do all your talking and everything over the part of the song that doesn't have any singing, and you tr- they you were told get as close as you can to when Axl Rose starts singing, like because we played a ton of November Rain. It was like the second you, you want to talk right until he starts singing. I'm like, really? That sounds horrible. Why do we want to do that? <laughs> no, just do it. Like, all right. The intro so, yeah, that was so long on that particular yeah. track. So long. oh yeah. I was. It was like you know I don't have anything to say. That that's definitely it's just here's November Rain. It was yeah, always so, really annoying, too, because, you know, if you're trying to record anything off of the radio, you always got the DJ in the middle of the intro, and it's I like, God, I think dude. that's why they do it. Yeah, Maybe. probably. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what have you been up to? <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, oh, oh we're getting through that now. <laughs> Not letting it go. What have you been up to? Uh, Mostly 
Well, okay, I've been doing like World of Warcraft stuff, just the usual rounds of world quests and things. I hit Exalted with Legion Fall, finally. Um, nothing happens when you hit Exalted with Legion Fall, as it turns out. Uh, you have to finish the campaign that plays out that is actually like a timed out, rationed out event before anything happens, I guess. Uh, so if you're rushing to hit Exalted with Legion Fall, really the only thing that you have waiting for you is like a new toy that you can buy off the vendor and that's it. So there's no need to rush. You've still got several weeks. I'm just saying as somebody who kind of like busted their way through it. The other thing that I found out that was really interesting, when you hit Exalted now, you don't have to grind out that last 999 out of 1,000. It's just, boom, green bar, completely full. I don't know how to feel about that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a new thing. And and I think it's because they introduced the whole Paragon reputation thing. But that's it's like applicable to every reputation I've ever gotten. Like, the bar no longer says 999 out of 1,000. It just says exalted. Oh. And it's full. Yeah. So the second you hit Exalted, it just fills up? And it just that's goes, every... poof, and it's done. You're Exalted. That's what happened when I hit Exalted with Legion Fall. I was like, wow, that's wild and different, and I wasn't expecting that. I'm not sure how to feel about it. On the one hand, I really appreciate it because, you know, it's nice. It it hits all the right buttons. I have the full green bars again. I'm very happy, like, my whole little OCD obsession with this stupid little box of the green bars. Totally fulfilled right now. On the other hand... I always kind of liked doing that whole last nine ninety nine to a thousand, just because I guess I I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. So yeah, I'm still not sure how to feel about it. I think I think I'm veering more on the side of I really like it because now I don't have to like look at the halfway full exalted bar anymore. Oh, like my Hydraxian Waterlord's reputation, which has been that way for three years. Yeah, no, I filled that thing. I filled that thing all the way. The <laughs> thing is, I I filled it on the character that I was playing back then, but I've switched mains like four times to a different warrior. Like I've, you know, instead like it instead of paying for a transfer, half the time I will just roll a new warrior and level it up. Do you want to know uh, what's terrifying? What I have exalted with Hydraxian on two different characters. <laughs> I I think I have exalted on five. Really? Because I. Because I used to run Molten Core. Like, I would run, like, Molten Core on everybody I had. Because they were all warriors. And I knew when when when, the, when they announced that the wardrobe was coming, yeah. the first thing that went to my head was, okay, I must run Molten Core on everybody I, to, to get all the stuff that I don't have. I have Hydraxion on both characters. And I think both characters also have the achievement for the Aqua Quintessence. Um, and then they both also have Exalted with, um, oh my gosh... The fur blog. Oh yeah, the winter, the winter, whatever. I want to say Winterfell, and that's not right. <laughs> Winterfall. No, right. Winterfall. That's it. Yeah, Winterfall. Not Winterfell. Yeah, I, I Winterfell is something grind. else completely different. I had to do that grind on one of my characters who was an enchanter uh-huh. because my wife wanted the agility enchants for her hunter because this is back when hunters would use two axes. Yeah. And you know, get agility on both just so they have more agility. So yeah, I remember having to do that. At this point, I'm going to ask Alex questions because he hasn't got to talk yet. And you should probably Alex, introduce him properly, yes. What up? Alex is here. He's the editor-in-chief of the site, Alex Zebart. He's a magnificent specimen of a man. Uh, Alex, what are you up to? Um, not a lot in the way of gaming. Uh, like, last week, I finished a rather extensive writing project. And when I get really into those projects, like, I get super into them. Like, I have to finish them, and I don't look up until I have, right? And that goes on for weeks. So when I finally finish it, 
and I look up from from my Word document or whatever, I realize my life is in shambles and I've reverted to a caveman state. So for the week afterwards, I'm cleaning my office and cutting all my hair off and trying to scrub things off of my skin. And as of today, I'm a human again. So very little gaming in there. Emerging okay. from his cloistered hovel so, in which so he in has the, in the, secluded himself. The past couple of weeks, basically, Anne has created a TARDIS for a bathroom and Alex has become a caveman and then back again. Yes. So there we go. It's been Doctor Who with both you guys. The hair but, finally was shaved off today, so I'm good. The thing I love most about the intro to the show is I never have to talk about what I've been doing. It's great. <laughs> what have um, you been doing, Rossi? No, not talking about it. Don't have to. Um, let's, before we get going on the show, we should talk about the news, although it's been kind of a light news week. I feel like the Blizzard is taking it easy this week. They haven't done a terrible amount of stuff. Um, there was a big win trading story last week when Blizzard went after uh, people who've been win trading in Battlegrounds and then had to actually apologize to a couple of players that they they banned who weren't win trading uh, and they had to be like, oops, sorry. So that that happened last week. That's a pretty big deal. It feels like Blizzard's been cracking down on like cheating in general in all their games. Uh, they hit Overwatch really hard. They, they went after a German company. That was like about a month ago. I'm trying to remember. You guys remember? I know the story... They first started going after them like summer of last year, yeah. and I think there was, was finally there was a like, lawsuit a involved, and those yeah. take forever. Right. So that started in like June 2016, and we finally got some kind of resolution last month. Yeah, and then we see this one with a uh, battleground win trading, uh, where Blizzard's going after World of Warcraft cheaters. So yeah, this has nothing to do with lawsuits or anything. This is just Blizzard banning people, essentially. Yeah. It's just it's interesting to see them apparently keeping the pressure on in, in all their properties. Um, so that's I don't know. I, I've never really seen them at the point to win trading in 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 WoW. Like it's not like at this point you you get almost nothing for doing it. Like, but I mean, I guess if you're a big time PvP or you want the yeah. prestige and, so forth. And as they mentioned in that post, uh, some some maybe many I don't know. Some of the people banned at least were from places that sell gold or sell characters. So, oh, I want a character with the PvP title this season. I'll just buy one kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, what I found interesting, though, was that some people, they their accounts had been closed, but they, it was, they hadn't actually done any win trading at all. Like, they hadn't done any of <laughs> yeah. it. And not only did they, you know overturn the whole account closure thing but they also gave them 30 days of game time as an i'm sorry <laughs> whoopsie that was our bad here come back and play on us for a month <laughs> that was polite of them to do i don't think i've ever seen them do that before where they actually well, like rewarded someone with i shouldn't say reward i should say yeah. apologize and offered game time i don't know an if erroneous... that's... yeah i don't even know if that's like apologetic so much as oh no we banned a playing customer and they might have stuck around and we may never see their money again how do we salvage that maybe if we give them free time they'll come back even though we banned them for life for see no you reason. always look at it on the cynical business side of things i always look at it that's, as that's somebody going uh-oh oh no we done goofed we made a bad how can we how look, can we make I'm, that up to them it can be two things guys it can be I'm peanut butter and jelly man. I'm a cynical man who has been involved in business. Therefore, okay. I have to be the cynical businessman. Okay. I, I definitely think they can be interested in getting their money back and still realize this is PR-wise, this is a bad move, and we should you know, 
fix it. I mean, that's like when the guy turned in the StarCraft Master. You you guys read about that, right? Oh, yes. Uh, guy found the StarCraft Gold Master, yeah. turned it into Blizzard. The source code, basically, yeah. for the original he, game. Yeah, the original StarCraft source, source code. Um, and Blizzard keep people don't realize that Blizzard keeps using the same file formats forever. Like they just switched World of Warcraft off of MPQ. They were using yep. MPQ in World of Warcraft for I I want to say twelve years, and before that they used it in Warcraft three. Mm-hmm. Like a this, crazy this file amount format. of time. So the StarCraft Master with with the uh, source code had stuff on it that would affect StarCraft two. Because while it's a new, it looks all new, it's completely different, it is in fact, the, it's a similar engine underneath. There's stuff in there that, that's or a holdover. give other companies the tools to make an RTS that plays as well as StarCraft does or yeah. did. And so when they got it back, Blizzard actually gave him quite a lot of stuff. They didn't, they gave him a free trip to BlizzCon. They, you know, they, bunch of, they were pretty nice about it. They, they granted, he didn't have to give them that, to, that source code. It was kind of yeah. interesting too the way that because he bought a box of stuff off of eBay is from Just what I gather, stuff. yeah it was Blizzard stuff off of eBay. He bought it off of eBay and then in the box was this disc that was like the source code for StarCraft, and I think he posted it on Reddit or something like that yes, and yeah, said, "What Reddit, do I do absolutely. with this?" And everybody was like, "Release it, give it, put it out there." Put it, let people download it or whatever. And he's like, I don't know about that. And I guess Blizzard contacted him or what. He finally decided to send it back to Blizzard. So he sent it to them and they sent him a big box of Blizzard swag, like all kinds of stuff. And then on top of that, they were like, yeah, you get to come to BlizzCon on us. Thank you for doing us a solid and giving us that back. So, you know, obviously there's there are cynical business reasons to do that. You don't want your source code getting out because, as Alex just pointed out, somebody who got their hands on that could basically make a RTS as good as original StarCraft, which was very good. And they could do it for nothing. Like it would take very little effort to sand off the the StarCraftiness of it and put out your own RTS. So absolutely. And that's going to affect Warcraft. Because Warcraft and Starcraft weren't using different engines, you know. Th- there's a lot of reasons why that's a good business move and still a good PR move, and they can still actually have beneficial reasons for doing it besides the business reasons, which are also compelling. That yeah. can happen. Well, I mean, he but... did the right thing. He did the honest thing. He returned the thing. He recognized that he wasn't supposed to have the thing, and he gave the thing back. And I want to know how that got out of the office, man. <laughs> Huh? How how does the source code end up in a box? Like who put, who was that that put it, it on actually, eBay? <laughs> how you know, did they get it? That's what I want to know. It doesn't surprise me that much because I mean, it's old, and I know um, I've heard stories like Blizzard has a lot of crap in storage. Like they have a lot of crap, and it can't all be on their campus. Whether it's like books or materials or swag or displays that only come out for BlizzCon. That all has to go into storage somewhere the rest of the time, right? And I've heard uh, Blizzard, like, when they do prototypes and merchandise, and they're like, oh, well, we're not going to sell that. They'll have the prototype. So I've heard that somewhere out there in the world is, like, a Blizzard-themed surfboard with, like, an orc on it that they decided never to mass produce, but the prototype (laughs) exists. So for years, they had that thing in storage. Basically, you're saying is there's the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, except Blizzard Chunk right. somewhere in California. Except orcs. So, so many orcs. <laughs> and they had that surfboard that they were never going to sell in storage for years until they're like, okay, what do we do with the stupid surfboard? Let's sell it, give it away, whatever. 
And I can imagine at some point, oh, we have to clear out some storage space for this Overwatch crap happened and a box of whatever got sold off or somebody just bought a storage unit of Blizzard garbage. And at some point, somebody got a disc that was StarCraft source code that Blizzard didn't even remember was in their storage unit anymore. And I'm then just wondering if they thought that it was closer. like if the person that put it on eBay knew that that was in the box and if they knew what that was when they put it in the box or if they just thought it was a copy of StarCraft. I think they probably I just know. thought it was a copy of StarCraft because if you knowingly had a copy of the source code and you were trying to profit off of it, putting it up on eBay and selling it for like, you know, in a eBay box of month, junk. Yeah, that's yeah. not. That's not what you do with that. That's like if you're nice, you contact Blizzard and say, hey, pay me. If you're not nice, you sell it to somebody else. But that's and, if you're trying to make a profit, you know, that's and not more do. simply. It could have been, you know, an ex-employee who didn't want it anymore. It could have been an ex-employee went to a different company, left some crap behind and the cleaning crew shoved everything off the desk and ended up in a box. There's lots of ways something that old could have ended up on eBay. Yeah, I just absolutely. that's that's the thing is like the story I mean it's a feel good story he returned it to the company they gave him a bunch of stuff he'll be at BlizzCon yeah whatever okay that's all great and everything I just want to know more about where this disc came from the I journey of know, the source code the disc, journey yeah. of the source code like where did it come from how, how did it get on eBay <laughs> like that's the part that I'm interested in but that's okay it's it's right, all guess... good I'm glad the guy gets to go to BlizzCon and everything that was nice of him uh, at this point, we should probably talk about the, something we talked about previously, but now it's from, like, from what I understand. This isn't something I've personally experienced because I haven't played Heroes this week. Uh, Diva's on the PTR, or is she live now? She's on the PTR. She's on the PTR. She'll probably be live next week. Okay. Have either of you gotten to play her? No. I haven't played her. I watched the Spotlight video, and her heroic build ability is absurd in the best way. Okay. What is it? Tell oh, us about, about it, it because I haven't seen any of this. It's called Bunny Hop. And her mecha does like a bunny hop, okay. and it does damage everywhere around her and slows enemies, and also gives Diva unstoppable. But it's her mecha hopping around like a bunny doing stomp damage. So it's like an earthquake kind of thing that yeah, keeps but people from running mecha. away. Does the mecha just jump around like a bunny? Does yeah. it do the ch- so it's oh my god! See, I had a rabbit. <laughs> so you're saying the mecha is doing binky? That's what that's called when the, when the rabbit just jumps around. It's a binky. <laughs> Oh my yes. god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> bunnies are, by the way, bunnies are adorable. Um, so yes, I, I, that's that's awesome. Tell me more. Um, her self-destruct from Overwatch is not here for her heroic ability. It's not? Uh, it's actually just, no, it's just her E. Like, your basic abilities are on Q, W, and E. And oh it's my just gosh. Her e. And it has a long cooldown, and you reduce the cooldown by attacking, but it's not, not her heroic crazy i figured that would be her heroic would be that because i mean well yeah, that's nope. her ult over it's, in overwatch so it's, bun- it's either bunny decision. hop yeah it's either bunny hop or something called big shot which she gets to use in pilot mode when she's not in her mecha and using that helps you get your mecha back faster okay so. does she play similarly to i mean does i i know you haven't played her but ability wise does it look like she plays pretty similarly to how she does in overwatch yeah. or it looks similar. She's a disruptive, mobile, tanky character who switches between Mecha and Pilot. And she has lots of fun voice lines. Uh, all the things that you hoped she would say, she says, such as... Does she fangirl freak out over so Kerrigan? Yeah. And anybody, 
anybody who ships Diva and Lucio are going to be thrilled by one of their interactions. Because oh, really? It's super corny. It is so corny. What do they say? Okay, so Anne, what is Diva's actual name? Uh, oh my gosh. No. I know it's Han- name. It's Hana. Hana Han- Song. Hana Song. Okay. Yeah. So she says hi to Lucio, and he says something like, you know, I listen to a lot of music, but you're still my favorite song. Aww. <laughs> it is so corny. See, I like the Nova interaction better. What's the Which Nova one? one? She kills Nova, and she says, number one player killer. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a here's of the storm meme. Um, it's an old one. I have to explain this. Oh man. Okay, so a streamer was playing and somebody was trash talking. Like Nova is the number one player killer. Nova can beat anybody one on one. Duh, or whatever, which is ridiculous because it's not true. So Diva goes number after she kills Nova. She says number one player killer. Okay. Oh, so it's a to reference to that. It's a reference to that. It is a Heroes of the Storm meme. Okay. I'm sorry. I like it. I think that's pretty funny, though. Yeah. She has, she fangirls over Kerrigan and all that stuff. It's good. Yay. I'm very happy about that. So since she's on the PTR, does that mean that we're going to see her in Heroes of the Storm next week? or? Most likely. That's okay. usually it, They're usually on the PTR for only a week. And uh, there's a been a few PTR. cases where they haven't been on the PTR at all. So on the PTR for more than a week is unusual. So okay. probably Tuesday. Okay. That's cool. All right, then, at this point, we're going to throw it over to Alex because he has a thing to talk to us about. Alex? Sure. If you enjoy our show, consider checking out DegustaBox at blizzardwatch.com slash DegustaBox. It's a subscription snack slash food service where they send you various foods you may have not heard of before or just haven't thought to try before. I have this month, and there's kind of a theme, but not really. Did they send you more uh, crickets? It... That's what I want to know. No, no crickets this time. Oh, uh, okay. The, the, the quote-unquote theme this week is a taste of, or this month, is a taste of Italy. And I put it in quotes because half of the items are Italian and the other half aren't. Um, but it includes things like Italian shortbread cookies, um, some kind of Italian uh, tomato breadsticks, which I didn't like. I thought they were gross, but I gave them to my girlfriend, and she ate all of them in one night. So... Your girlfriend's Italian. Right? She is Italian. Yeah. For some reason, there's things that taste different to us. I don't understand it. Yeah. So apparently they're not gross. Uh, I thought they were, but they're not. And also a jar of pesto and stuff like that. But beyond the Italian things, uh, there's another bottle of like soyve marinade. They gave me teriyaki last time. It was really good. And this was uh, Asian honey barbecue. I haven't tried it yet, but the teriyaki is good. So this is probably good. Um, various other things and skinny girl tea, which is perfect because I'm a skinny girl. <laughs> uh, it's, it's what I need in my day. Um, it's it's all it's usually good or interesting stuff. So check it out. BlizzardWatch.com slash box. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, right now we're going to go on and do some emails. Uh, as is usual, Anne will be reading the emails for us. But before she does, if you could send your emails to the show at podcast at BlizzardWatch.com. Please um, you know, throw either the podcast or BlizzardWatch in the subject line so we know it's for this show and not the other show. Uh, Thanks for doing that, by the way. And if you can keep them, like, you know, relatively short, which a couple of you did this week, that is really helpful because Anne has to read them on the air. And now she's going to. Yes, I am. Thank you. Our first email is from my my, my favorite No Morlock Sporkles, just because I really like Sporkles as a name, who says, Hello to those that watch Blizzard with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns. Two quick wow topics. 
Um, and there's two questions here, so let's just answer them one at a time. Okay, so uh, first, is it my imagination, or has pet pathing for warlocks gotten very odd in Legion? My pets will suddenly drop back a long distance in the direction of the last fight I was in when I engage a fresh mob. Are hunter pets doing this also? Um, Sporkles, speaking as a hunter, hunter pets are kind of wonky. I, I don't know what they're doing. Like, and I think... I thought it was just a Hattie thing because obviously you've got Hattie and your regular hunter pet and Hattie does some really odd stuff when you're fighting mobs, I've noticed. Um, I don't think I've ever noticed them just like dropping back a long distance, so that feels new to me. Alex, you play a warlock, so have you noticed this? I'm going to be honest, uh, pets are so dumb that I don't pay attention to what they do anymore. I just hope (laughs) eventually they'll attack what I want them to. I'm going to say something. I don't have a pet class I'm currently playing. I have a hunter level 101, but I haven't played it in a bit. But my NPC companion does this. Like Crowley, who's following me around, sometimes he runs in the other direction and then runs back. And sometimes he does that because he charges in. Like he has a charge ability. So sometimes he runs back out of combat range and then charges the guy. But sometimes he just runs away and then runs back. And I don't know why. I don't. I can't say he's running back towards the place I last was. It feels more like he just runs away and then just comes back. Weird. So I'm not sure if it's like like an AI thing for for mobs with certain abilities that like might close distance, and but it's on cooldown so they don't use it. I don't know what's going on with this, but I have noticed it on Crowley. He does yeah, it a I, lot. I don't think they're specifically going back to where you last fought. I think they're just dumb. It's some sort of weird pathing thing, because like I said, I've noticed it with Hattie, where my main hunter pet will go fight the thing that I'm shooting, because I'll put them on assist or whatever so that they're attacking what I'm attacking, and sometimes Hattie will go attack that thing, sometimes Hattie will run off in a completely different direction to do I don't know what, I sniff a bush or something, I don't know, whatever thunder wolves do, Um, and then sometimes Hattie will just hang out right at my side without attacking anything, just sitting there because Hattie's a good boy. Um, I don't know what's up with that. I, I don't know what they changed with the whole pet system, but it feels like they changed something. Because it's I, not I, just... I The the fact that, that Rossi's like companion bodyguard dude is doing this too tells me that there's something weird going on. I think there's... I mean, in some cases, I think it's just pathing that for whatever reason there's a spot in the road or in the ground or whatever that the pathing's yeah. like nope I, I can't go there even though you I can f- walk over it i find myself wondering too if it if the broken shores geometry makes it worse like because i've noticed that that a lot of the broken shore and the broken shore is really a lot of choppy broken up ground and a lot of places where it looks like there's a path but there's no path um, try heroic yeah. leaping around there sometimes it's real annoying Slowpoke yeah. in the chat channel says I've wondered in the past if it's a lag issue or if it's specifically the AI can't figure out how to get over a tiny ledge in the terrain and freaks out before warping to you it's, it's definitely the latter it's definitely in, in places I mean it even happens on like flat roads sometimes where the pet's like oh, I don't know what to do here Yeah. but the worse the terrain the worse the pet AI for sure if it's super uneven, your pets or your bodyguards are just morons who cannot travel in a straight line. So, Sporkles, yeah, it's not just your warlock pets. It's all pets and companions and bodyguards. And basically, if there's somebody wandering around with you in your company, they're going to act a little weird <laughs> for some reason that we have yet to discern. 
Um, but the second question here. Second, I have finally finished Suramar. I'm at level 885 and up to date in the Broken Shore. I already have the Fox Mount, so is there any reason for me to continue Withered Army training? Thanks. No. Uh, if if you find it fun, go ahead. But otherwise, I don't think so. There's uh, lots of toys. Might be able to get reputation get things too. Like you if you can... do if you do well, you get like a lot of reputation pieces. Yeah, but they um, finished Suramar. Since they finished Suramar, they're done with the reputation. But don't the reputation go up to like Paragon, or do they not get? Well, that? yeah, there is the whole Paragon thing. That's the only reason that I can see doing it is like doing it because there's um, oh, the Nightfall and have the emissary or whatever, or you know, yeah. if you're doing the Paragon rep to try and get whatever you get. I don't from know the what Cernar their boxes. special. Yeah, I don't know what their special Paragon stuff is, but and, that's. Uh, I should also look if you have all the toys out of there. There's a bunch of toys you can get, like the Arcane Shower. I think is one of them. And there's I have some not other gotten ones. that one yet. Um, um, but I personally, I just find Withered Army training fun, and nobody else seems to, so I'm the odd one out. But now that I, I figured it. out how to do it successfully, I like doing it. It's like it's, fun. It's, it's kind of a little puzzle, but it's like an action-oriented puzzle. Yeah. Plus, I just like having this giant mob of angry dudes <laughs> that I could just like go attack that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they all mob the thing. It's pretty fun. I don't know. I, I, I like the whole... I didn't get it at first when I first started doing it, and then once I got it, it all of a sudden it became way more fun, so... Yeah, it's it's a learning thing that you... The goal is just to get a little bit further next time than you did last time. Yeah. And Have you made it all the way to the end? Because I haven't yet. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, had that, I've been farming that thing for a long time. I haven't made it all the way to the end, because that last round room with the really big guy, and then you had to go up the two ramps... That yeah, guy. that part is the that giant guy was my roadblock for a while. He I always wrecks my it. dudes. He always wrecks my dudes. So, and I haven't been back there in a while. But yeah, that's the only reason that I ever really do the wither training is just you know paragon rep. If I'm doing like the emissary thing or just working on paragon rep, it's a good way to do it. Um, but that's up to you. Other than that, though, I mean, if you're not interested in grinding additional reputation then no, you're done. You don't have to think about it anymore. You can you can let them free and go do their own thing, whatever that happens to be. Aren't they all like technically eating fruit and becoming nightfall night night born again anyway? Yeah, that's that's there's a limited <laughs> amount of fruit. Every so often when you, during the Suramar quest you get more fruit to pass out. They're not I don't, born I think they again. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> I think they they give it to Night Fallen before they give it to the Withered. Yeah. Because the Withered are like way further down and kind of crazy. They're but. super bad. They're super bad off. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, Sparkles, for the email. And our next one is from Solanoth of Hydal US, who says, "Hi, Watchers. On the Chronicle Cosmic Map, we see that Fell and Demons are primarily forces of chaos. With the Legion, isn't it strange that inherit- inherently chaotic entities are so well organized?" Also, demons seem to obey packs. I wouldn't expect a chaotic creature to honor the letter of spirit of any agreement unless it wanted to. Is it possible that Sargeras, as a titan and entity of order, has forced some measure of order on the inherently chaotic demons? If so, what does that tell us about the motives of demons, particularly those unaffiliated with the Legion, for example, those among the Illidari? Are we about to find out why there must always be a Sargeras? Thanks, Solonoth of Hyjal U.S. Uh, well, we know are... that that's why... Sargeras is the reason that they're orderly because that's why the Eridari exist as demons. He looked at the, the when, when he built the Legion originally, they were just a mob of demons that he he said, I can kill you permanently. Do what I say or I'll do okay, it. Okay, Rossi, I'm going to stop you for a second because Alex was going to say something. Alex, what were you going to say? Here. 
I was just going to say, aren't most of the demons, weren't they turned into demons after the fact? Because we've seen what a lot of them are before they were made demony. For example, the Jirnai and the Eridar. And there's that thing in the Exodar where like, they point out that the succubus weren't always succubus demons and so on and so forth. I don't think there's anything inherent about them. And this is another one of those cases where I hate that map in Chronicle. The end. Okay, go ahead, okay. Rossi. Uh, there's, you know, there are demons that were demons before. Like, for instance, the Nathrezim were demons before. The Pit Lords were demonic before. But there are also ones that, as Alex said, were recruited. Uh, the, the truth is that Fel is chaotic. The reason he got the Eridar in the first place was because he needed generals for his army to keep it orderly. Because he is still crazy and fell as he is, Sargeras still has an orderly plan. He just wants to wipe everything out. Because at the end of, the, of things, entropy is absolute chaos. And it's also absolute order. Because an entropic state is perfectly distributed chaos. And that becomes orderly by its... It's one of those weird things about chaos theory. And that's what he wants. He wants to wipe out everything. Once he wipes out everything... Yeah, it's chaotic while he's doing it because he's using a huge host of demons and fell power to do it. But once he's done, everything's going to be very orderly because everyone's going to be dead. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of nothing. It'll be great. He is. It is him imposing order on chaos. That is. That, that's the whole deal. That's why the Eridar got recruited when he went to to uh, Argus and said to the Triumvirate, "You know, join me and I will give you power unlike anything you've ever experienced, and you'll have knowledge unlike anything you've ever known, and we will change the universe." He was being completely honest. Like he didn't he didn't bother to lie to them. He just didn't mention, "Oh, and you're all going to turn into horrible monsters." Because you know to, to um to go to your point that you're making at the end there, Tholanoth, when you're saying, uh, you know, there must always be a Sargeras, like equating it to the whole Lich King Scourge thing. Um, it's not the same thing because Arthas, the Lich King, the Lich King controlled the undead, like had this sort of mental control over them. Um, there was a link between them where he, he'd order them around and things like that. He created them. That's why they existed. Sargeras, he pulled these creatures in he corrupted them but he doesn't hold them under any kind of particular mental bond like they're not no it's there's no compulsion there where they have to order his or, or obey his authority or anything like that there are a lot of demons out there who are just like burning legion yeah never mind i'm gonna go do my own thing you know yeah, and the ones that are obeying him aren't doing it because they're under his mental dominion they're doing it because he's enormously powerful and he has threatened to kill them yeah and he can do it he can kill them permanently he can he can and, totally do that um and they don't want that so it, but it's much better to work for him and kill everything he hates because they don't they're demons and they enjoy doing that yeah um as far as demons obeying pacts usually the pacts there's like some sort of magical something involved with those isn't there well there's a whole thing in the warlock like the warlock green fire quest which i haven't actually seen okay but it explains why demons and make deals and pacts in the first place and why they obey them okay there's it's an inherent it's an inherent nature of their of the like certain kinds of demons brought it in and why they do it i i someday i'm gonna level a warlock just to see it but yeah, they they obey those packs because they have to. They're compelled to magically. Okay. Um, Alessander is our next emailer who says, With the example of the Blood Elves and Suramar citizens, who became slender, refined, and delicate from a diet of magic over thousands of years, what would happen to a human or a gnome mage living on a steady diet of mage food for 50 decades or more? What about raiders downloading, or downing, downloading, downing warlock hellstones like candy? Have a great week. 
they're downloading health stones. No, they are not downloading health stones. Um, I let Alex talk because he likes Suramar. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not really about Suramar. It's about humans and gnomes living off that diet magic. I imagine humans would just end up looking kind of like elves, like in terms of body type. If we're, if we're, if, well, no. But if we're assuming that magic is what made them slender, working on that assumption, then humans, which just kind of look like big elves, would probably just look a lot like blood elves. Yeah. See, I wonder about that because humans are descended from Titanforged beings, when elves aren't. Elves are descended from trolls. So it's possible that humans would get taller like and get more because we've seen arcane titan forged things yeah so maybe the humans would get taller and like more like like that uh it's, it's hard to say for that matter i mean we don't have to limit this to humans or gnomes i mean what, what's going to happen to orc mages you know are orc mages going to get like you know what, what's going to happen to orcs you're going to look a lot tall and green like asparagus walking asparagus walking arcane like, asparagus they, they would look like those underground ones like Gollum the pale ones the pale yes. only green only <laughs> that's green. weird that's weird because I mean, orcs under fell we see them change big time whereas when blood elves get fell they kind of just get wings and and pointy tooths bits of frippery uh, and so it, I, it I makes you wonder pointy tooths. I'm not saying they're bad I'm just saying it's like like orcs go way in on they fell. bulk out they yeah, just they, they, like, they like go incredible Hulk green and style fell style. You now know that orcs descend from something created by a titan, just like humans do. Humans and orcs both descend from things created by titans. So it's possible humans um, who get really a lot of fell in them might go orc wise instead of going elf wise, and maybe they would magically too. It's it's very hard to say. I I, I find myself. I, I, this is completely pointless. It's like there's no way to settle it, but I, I really wish there'd be like some kind of like we'd find some magical city of just humans and they like all they'd all be like super tall dudes with incredibly long beards. Like ma- ma- arcane magic makes you grow a super long beard just because it does. I, th- I think this is one of those things where what happens is dependent on what would look cool on the screen of your computer. Um, yeah, whatever new monster blizzard wants to make that's what happens maybe gnomes who live exclusively off of magic just become giant rolling heads and lose their body because we want to fight head monsters <laughs> it's like uh, what's that dude um what's that uh, marvel character guy who's just like a giant head with tiny Leader? little limbs oh modok modok yeah gnome mages become modok i am science okay but short, <laughs> short Modoc, tiny little legs. Well, do they you stay know. short? Like, do they stay gnome size, or do they get taller? Yeah, their their body stays the same size, but their head gets enormous. So they have to use their magic to float along by their <laughs> do head. Do you realize that Blizzard is just going to take the the, the Darumu model and like you know put a gnome skin over it and stick a tiny little gnome body <laughs> little on the legs bottom on the bottom yeah. of it? <laughs> tiny little gnome like arms and legs flailing around. There we okay. go. I have to be the pendantic one and point out that Suramar citizens feed on a diet of magic. Like they drink Arquine and it's part of what they need to survive. Blood elves do not eat magic in any way, shape, or form. They practice things with it. They are around kind of like this fog of magic from the Sunwell, and that's why they're a bit dependent on it. But they don't actually like consume it to survive or anything like that. Uh, they, they eat real food. As, they eat real for, food. They ate a lot of real food. Have you been to that party in Eversong? Because they got all kinds of appetizers and stuff out there. 
in for Hearthstones in particular, in my experience as a warlock, everybody else who I give Hearthstones to actually eat them like candy, whereas I never need them. So I imagine that the warlock just remains as slender as ever, but everyone around them gets incredibly fat. What See, if it's all like a major conspiracy and the whole reason that warlocks is gi- are, are giving everybody else health stones? I mean, obviously they don't need them themselves, but the more that they feed people, the more the people become their minions. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I know you'd be cool with that. Yes, yeah, not surprising. Like, why would eating a fell rock, or is it a fell rock? What is that exactly? What is a health stone? It's it's crystallized soul. You've so, seen what well, we've seen what that does to people. Is it like a pop morphine... rock or something, or is it like one of those you know those oh, um, those sugary lollipop things that you can get where it's like grow your own crystals, but it looks like, or it looks like grow your own crystals, but it's actually just sugar on a stick. Yeah, so, you grab the stick, and instead of sugar crystals, it is soul. little crystalline faces screaming in pain. Well, see, but that's like we know what happens when you do that because we've seen Gorfiend in Hellfire Citadel. He even flat out says, I've eaten a thousand souls. That's what you look like if you eat a thousand souls. Well, he looks looks pretty cool. He doesn't look half bad. You think the giant stomach with the mouth on it isn't cool? Oh, that Gorfiend is stupid. Oh, that Gorfiend. I thought you were talking about the one in Black Temple. Come on, guys. The one in Black Black Temple Temple looks great. (laughs) Black Temple Gorfiend is cool. He's cool. The one in Warlords or whatever is just ridiculous. That's what you're gonna, like the one from Warlords because Gross. that's the one who's eating a thousand souls. The other one didn't eat any souls. So you're turning us into Gorfine. Thanks. Thanks, Warlocks of the World. Appreciated. All right. Moving on because this has gotten just a little too ridiculous, even for us. Uh, this is from Robert who says, question, what's the best thing to do first? I haven't played Legion at all. I would like to get caught up. Short and sweet and to the point. Okay. Um... First off, have have you leveled your character? Best things to do first since they haven't played Legion at all. I'm going to assume, I'm going to go with the presumption that they are at level 100 and they have finished Warlords of Draenor. Well, I, I meant, yeah, that's what I meant. Are you 100 or 110? Like, if you've gotten to 110 and you're like, what now? Versus are you have you done nothing? So I don't know. Okay. But Yeah, until 110, it almost seems like a guided tour where it sends you to your class hall stuff, which you should do, and then you have to do the four zones you can do them in whatever order you want but you have to do them he'll have to do the broken shore bit first too if he hasn't played legion at all on any character yeah well i mean yeah. and they said he he said he hasn't played legion at all which is why i'm assuming he's at level 100 okay so, so it's basically do what they tell you to do until you're 110 <laughs> at which point then you have choices and probably you want to get cracking on suramar um because it's cool and it's part of the whole story thing and but you can probably also go to the broken shore right at 110 now which is where the better gear is yeah but gear is better across the board that don't you don't have to actually worry about that um but you can do the broken shore for another shards but you'll get gear as good from any world quest as you will from the, the broken shore world quests so you'll gear up to the point where you can do them pretty quickly just doing any world quest anywhere in the in the world you don't have to to hit either Suramar or the broken shore to start getting geared up mm. So I would say I would say do Suramar and Broken Shore at the same time. It, well, not at the exact same time, but you know, like do hit Suramar, hit the Broken Shore, hit whatever your emissary is for the day, uh, if you have time to. Like I don't know how much time you have. Either. That's a problem. Okay, 
I'm going to go with the presumption that you haven't played Legion at all. So if you haven't played Legion at all, you want to do the introduction scenario, and don't worry, it'll lead you right through it. After that, you get your artifact, whatever that happens to be. It will also lead you right through that. After that, you've got your choice between four different zones. There's what? I, I keep wanting to say Hyjal, and it's not Hyjal, it's High Mountain. There's High Mountain, Stormheim, Valshara, and Azuna. Azuna. Um... You can pick any of those four because the world levels around you. You you aren't restricted to one zone over the other. Of those four zones, which one would you guys recommend hitting first? Uh, me? I would say it really depends on how, how tolerant you are of Horde Alliance conflict. Uh, Stormheim has a really cool story, but it's very rooted in the Horde Alliance conflict. Okay. If you're tired of that, go to Izuna. Okay. Alex, what about you? Um, in order from favorite to least favorite, it goes High Mountain, Belshara, Stormheim, Azuna. Okay. I think High Mountain's great and easy and straightforward, and Azuna has a really good central area, but the rest of the zone is kind of poop. Meanwhile, I would recommend that you go do Valshara first, because the thing that you get in Valshara at the end of the Valshara storyline becomes relevant later. So you might as well just do that first, knock it out of the way take care of it and then move on to wherever you want to go um i think out of them all i like valshara and azuna are my two favorites with stormheim right after that and i put high mountain on the bottom although that may have changed i haven't tried leveling through high mountain again i haven't taken another alt through there but now that i can fly i think it'll probably be easier to do that zone and i but might feel be better about it huh yeah, he won't be able to fly though he won't be able to fly. Yeah, but there, for me, that's room, why I didn't like that zone, is what I'm saying. So getting around High Mountain is just, is there a road on the map? Yes? Okay, I go there. No, I probably can't go there. Yeah. I just, I so didn't just really the like roads. the whole up and down and up and down thing. However, um, that's just me. If you like mountainous travel and things like that, and you really like the Torian, High Mountain might be the place for you. I just suggest Valshara first, because like I said, there's a plot point at the end of that, and you need that plot point when you do later stuff. That's all. Okay. Um, hopefully that helps you out, Robert. And welcome back. Okay. Our last email is from Maladjusted Bear, which is a really also we've got some really great names this time around. Anyway, Maladjusted Bear asks, with the Paragon system now in place, would you like to see it used for other reputations? We could do world quests for Stormwind Orgrimmar that could earn caches with new updated mount models or transmog items. What do you guys think? Mm, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the Paragon system so far. It feels... I don't, I don't want to badmouth it just, you know knee-jerkedly, but to me it feels an awful lot like something I'm completely ignoring and just doing the, the emissaries as they come because if I actually tried to do it it would be get frustrating real fast because you don't doesn't, it's basically just the old, the old uh, reputation system except now it's just there and you have to get to a certain paragon point before you get to do the, get the cool emissary caches at the end, I don't know, I don't like it that's just me, I don't know what um, Alex thinks. I would like to see okay i agree with this but in a very roundabout way i think it would be cool for them to utilize the old world or older continents or whatever with world quests world quests give them the ability to add objectives to these other areas and scale them up and you know 
they don't have to scale Elwyn Forest up to 110, but if there's a world quest there and it's giving you something new, that specific thing can be 110, you know? And I think they could use the whole world with that system. That would be awesome. Do I want them to do it specifically for the Paragon system? No, but I guess if the Paragon system gives them an excuse to do it, sure. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just, I don't like the way the Paragon system is implemented, so I'd almost rather they just add world quests for those things that that had possibility to give you yeah. a reward, like like say have a stormwind emissary, and you know you you at the end you get a box of stormwind you know the emissary crash from stormwind and that cash might have a new transmog appearance or a cool mount in it, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but emissaries make more sense to me than the paragon thing. Like the not, what was nice about the reputation system was it had an end. You finished that at some point. The Paragon system's like, okay, our reputation system that used to be a clearly defined goal, it's infinite now. Enjoy doing it forever. That sucks. But if it's just do a Stormwind Emissary helping out the kingdom in Elwyn and Red Ridge or whatever, awesome. I would do that. Sure. Here's Paragon, what I don't, eh. here's Here's what I don't mind about it. To me, it doesn't feel like this endless system or whatever because I have my filled green bars. They just happen to have little loot bags next to them with an extra bar. And I can ignore that extra little bar and pretend it doesn't exist. It doesn't matter because the whole screen is green. I'm, I'm exalted. I don't have to do that thing if I don't want to. It's an additional thing. So for people that are doing world quests and things like that, where the world quests are still awarding reputation you're still getting something for that reputation even though you're already exalted it's like a little bonus thing it's like a cherry on top it's like a you know oh hey you don't have to go grind this thing but while you're doing world quests for all this other stuff your reputation that you're getting is still relevant in some aspect and i appreciate that i appreciate that aspect of it but here's what i don't like when you get that emissary cash at like the end of it when you know, you, you fill the bar, you get the 10,000 rep, they give you a box, and they're like, here you go. That box can contain a curious coin, um, order hall resources. I believe there is, what's the other thing that's in there? I don't think Legion Fall supplies are in there. And occasionally, very rarely, it will have a mount in it. The mount is the only real physical thing you can get out of that box. Um, I believe legendaries, you can also sometimes get in the legendary out of those boxes too. Uh, They count on that whole legendary loot, random loot table thing. But most of the time when you open that box, it's like, oh, here's gold and points that I don't really need to spend on stuff that I don't really need. But that's kind of the problem with it is either they don't make it very rewarding so you don't have to do it and thus nobody wants to do it. Or they put in something super good and super rare like those mounts where the people who want that mount are going to feel like their reputation grind has just been extended potentially forever. Because who knows when they're going to get it. And I get that. I do get that. Um, I would appreciate it if the stuff that dropped from those boxes was something that was like more relevant where it felt like I got something out of it. Like like an artifact power token. That would be okay. Um, Or maybe like I don't know, a bind on account artifact token that I could send to alts who don't have all of that artifact power yet, that kind of thing. Um, reputation tokens that were bind on account that I could send to my alts, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, I'm doing the world quests and stuff, but I'm also feeding my alts and making it slightly easier for them. 
because we don't really have much in the way of bind on account stuff right now and i feel like this is the point where we should probably have some of that sort of stuff incorporated like even even order hall resources right now we're not really using them for a lot of things if you've gotten everything that there is to get i mean i'm i'm pretty much done with everything i'm doing the broken shore stuff i'm doing you know the world quests and things like that and i'm sending my my uh little dudes in the order hall i'm sending them out on missions fairly regularly I'm still sitting at like 30,000 order hall resources and I have nothing to do with them really. I, I think though, whether or not you have spare order hall resources entirely depends on whether or not you're writing. And I'm not. So I have an infinite number of resources. I could not get through all of them with a try. But for someone who's like writing and you use three seals of fate or whatever every week, that's what, 8,000 order hall resources to use yeah, every see, I, week? I get the or I get the seals of fate every week too, and I'm still I'm not using all of them. I mean, okay, yeah, I could see a raider burning through those a little bit faster, but even then, I mean, would it really hurt if we could buy like some buy non-account stuff for our alts with those order hall resources, like yeah. with the excess ones? I don't know. Yeah, I could buy nether shards with the resources. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh my god. The Nether Shard grind the fact that Nether Shards are so strangely limited unless you can go do the Sentinax and I don't know anybody who can really do the Sentinax beyond a certain point by yourself. And right now nobody is doing the Sentinax when I'm on. Like it's yeah. just me. Yeah. So it, I can't really grind it. It's like I can do like the the easiest possible beacon and that's basically it. If the lieutenants start coming out, I can't solo a lieutenant. So Qualen just pointed out bind on account dauntless gear tokens. Yeah, that'd be a good thing to get out of these or a good thing to buy with order hall resources. Either one of these. The the point is going back to the whole Paragon system. It would be great if that Paragon system, I mean, I don't mind the fact that the mounts are really stupid rare drop. Okay, whatever. If you're going to throw that in there, fine, throw that in there. What I would appreciate is that if I open that box and it doesn't have a mount, that it has something else that feels like it's got some kind of value. Because right now I open it and I don't get anything in my bags. Like there's no physical item that I get out of that box. Well, nothing is physical. It's a video game. But there's nothing gets added to my bags. The only thing I get is like gold and then points to spend on um, things that I don't need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Epic Lurker said something in chat, which I think um, represents my opinion on the Paragon system. Epic Lurker said, so it's a problem they make it feel optional, but it's also a problem they put in something players want. So it's a no-win situation. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I think the Paragon system is a bad idea. It shouldn't be there. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice idea in theory, but I don't know if it really works. I think it needs to be looked at again. I appreciate what they were going for with it because I understand what they were going for and I appreciate what they were going for, but I don't think that this was the way to do that. You know, my opinion is this Paragon worked in Diablo three because it's, it's power progression. It's essentially endless leveling. You get stronger. Yeah. That's if you can't beat something through, you know, gear, you'll eventually just hit Paragon 700 and you'll be stronger. That's that. There's a tangible, measurable result. All Paragon Reputation does is eventually you get a special box that might have some nice stuff in it, or it might not. That's and a if problem. if you want that item, you have to do it forever. Yeah, and if you don't get it, you don't get it. Like, it the Paragon system would work for me if there was a guaranteed positive result 
If like if you do this enough, you will get this, and you like can there's shoot like for bad it. luck protection on it. Right, but and that's yeah. what the reputation system already was. Reputation was good because you got all the good stuff when you hit exalted. Like yeah. that's what it already was. There was an endpoint. There's an achievable, clear goal. So adding and, the paragon system on top of it just adds nothing of value. And, and the fact that it basically exists to keep you reputation grinding forever, I I like being done with a rep grind. I don't mind that. So yeah, I know it's it's a situation where we're saying you know you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, we get that. It's not that it's. I, I understand. Don't think the like, point like was said, that was yeah. was to keep people grinding reputation forever. I don't think that was the point. I think what the point was was that people like one of the big things that you get from doing world quests and stuff is they give you reputation. One of the big things that you get from doing the emissary stuff is you get a big chunk of reputation. Well, once you're exalted, why would you go do that stuff? So they're giving you a little additional they're and they're they're making it so that fine. that reputation that you get is no longer useless. But not needing to do it anymore is sometimes good. <laughs> if yeah. I don't like I don't like Azuna, you know, if I feel okay, I've maxed out my Court of Ferrandis rep, great. I don't have to go back to Azuna anymore. Perfect. But now you kinda do if you want the item that they give you out of the random chance paragon boxes. So you're not done anymore. Okay. I understand there, that too. Pros and cons to it. Uh, I, think, I just but... I, I like I said, I understand the thinking behind it when they put it in place, like I understand what they were going for. I just don't think that it was very elegantly designed. Anyway, back to the actual question. I think world quests in the old world would be cool and they can utilize many of Legion systems to add cool content to the old world. Um, whether if it's Paragon fine, but it doesn't need to be, it can just be cool emissaries with Stormwind theme transmog or whatever. I don't yeah, care. Like you could have, you could easily have, you know, emissaries for, like all the whole, you could just you could have alliance and horde emissaries, or you could have Orgrimmar emissary, uh, you know, Echo Isles emissary, Thunder Bluff emissary. You could do all that, whatever you want to do. You know, like okay, so you're playing the alliance and Cataclysm wrecked Westfall, but now you can go, oh, Westfall's trying to get its crap back together. Today they could use some help. Go out specifically to Westfall, do a Westfall do four quests in Westfall. Yeah, that, and that then the next day be. it's some others. Yeah, there's various ways you can. That would be kind of cool. The other thing that I would like to see is if it was implemented with all of those older reputations, you know, if we're talking rewards and things like that, I would appreciate wardrobe sets for those different reputations. Like, you know, give us a Kirin Tor uniform, give us a Knights of the Oven Blade appearance, you know, that kind of thing, where you could throw in toys and cosmetic stuff, stuff that isn't really, it's not going to make your character more powerful. It's just fun toys to play with. Because that's the sort of thing that I feel like should come out of Reputation, where it doesn't feel like you have to grind it out or anything. It's just something fun there for you to do with fun rewards that, you know, you can either opt in and go for or ignore entirely. Does that make sense? Okay, it does. But uh, I think at this point we should probably wrap up. Yeah, we should. Um, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with either podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line, and we will be more than happy to put it in the show. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we will be here next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.